for us, but a word for Winter's Church. And so I'm excited about releasing that to you here this morning. And uh, there's a couple of things that I want to do. I want to, um, you know, we get these ideas in our head of some of the things that we'll do in a service. And I say, okay, Lord, I'll go ahead and do that. And unless I hear a check from him, then I go ahead and say, okay, that's what we're going to do in the service. So I want to, a lot of you don't, uh, you know me and my wife, but you don't know our family. I'm going to ask uh, Jess to put a picture up of our family. Uh, this is our family right here. We have four girls. Uh, last, uh, the end of summer last year, my daughter Gracie, she's in the wedding dress. Uh, hmm, not a traditional wedding dress, but uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> she's in a wedding dress, and that's her, her husband there, Emerson, next to her. Uh, besides her is our daughter Amadea. Uh, next to Emerson is our daughter Emma, and behind Emma is uh, her husband Rory, and then our youngest one there on the end is Olivia, and then that's her husband Jaden. So we have uh, we have three of them that are married, and uh, but I wanted to show you a picture of them because when I see all these little kids running around, we know what that's like. We uh, you know uh, it's not easy uh, having little ones. In fact, there was a time in my life that I felt like the Lord. Uh, gave us those little ones to tear apart our marriage is what it seemed like. <laughs> That's what it really seemed like. And so, uh, uh, but, but man, the Lord's blessed us so much. Um, <laughs> it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that. This next picture that Jess is going to show, uh, Amadea, when she was a baby, <laughs> one of our girls did this. <laughs> Uh, they felt like Amadea's hairdo was very similar to the baby Grinch there. And so, uh, so they did that side-by-side side there. And uh, Amadea doesn't like it, but that, that's one of my favorite pictures. I mean, it's just, I mean, she's cute, but the baby Grinch is so cute. I am telling you, I just, uh, and then, uh, but we have some, some other pictures uh, there's Amadea with me there. She's, uh, she's a senior at Ohio State University this year. Uh, yep, she's getting ready to graduate uh, with uh, some sort of degree. I'm not sure. It's changed. It's changed over the years. And so uh, I'm like, Amadea, can you make money doing that? Because that doesn't seem like something you can make money doing. And she's, she assured me that maybe, maybe she can make some money. And then uh, I've got a picture of her with her mother there. Uh, that's her with my wife, Andrea. And, um, and then the last picture is a pretty recent picture of her. That's Amadea. So, so I, I wanted to show these pictures because I, I felt like uh, the Lord wanted me to do something. Um, before Amadea was born, we were in a service with a brother named Andrew Soto in uh, Adrian, Michigan. And uh, he said his name like that, Soto. And uh, he didn't know who we were, but... Uh, uh, it was Andrew and I, and uh, Emma was with us, and Gracie, and he had a word for us. He brought us up, and, uh, and uh, he looked at Emma, and he said to Emma, he said, Dr. Jesus is healing your ears, he said to Emma. What he didn't know is that Emma had had an operation about six months before that, had tubes put in her ear, 
because she would get a lot of ear infections. And so those tubes, they'd put them in their ear so, the, uh, so any kind of fluid would drain out of her ear and so she wouldn't get these infections. Well, for the first three months, she hadn't had any infections. But after that, she had started getting ear infections again. And so we went to that service and we stood up there and the first thing that he said to, uh, he looked at little Emma and he said, Dr. Jesus is healing your ears. Man, we just rejoiced. We just rejoiced. And so uh, he looked at Andrew and I, and he said to Andrew and I, he said, uh, are you guys planning to have more children? And I said, yes. And Andrew said, no, at the same time. <laughs> and he just kind of looked at us. He said, well, you're going to have more children. Well, we didn't know that at that time, Andrew was about two months pregnant. We didn't know that. So the next statement, it's this next statement, there's been controversy about this next statement. Ever since he said it. I heard one thing, Andrea heard something else, and so this next, this is the way I heard it. He said, well, you're going to have more children. He said this, and the hand of the Lord is going to be on him more than the others. Now, everybody else heard the hand of the Lord is going to be on this one more than the others, but for some reason, I, I heard him. I heard him, and, uh, and then he began to give Andrew and I a word, and it was awesome. It was awesome, and so, so I'm a dad when she, that, that word was spoken over her. Uh, the before before we even knew that we were pregnant with uh, her, that the hand of the Lord was going to be on this one, uh, even great at a, on a greater measure than the other ones, and so I remember the day that uh, Amadea was born. I I came home from work and I I'd worked as fact, at a factory second shift. I got home. I lived real close to the factory, so Andrew was upstairs resting. Uh, it was about a month before she was due. And so I went upstairs. Andrea was already uh, in bed. And so I sat down on the bed. And she's like, um, she's like are you going to take a shower? And I said, yes. Yeah, honey. I'm going to take a shower. It's a long day. I just, you know, I just want to sit down for a second. And she says, well, you, you need to take a shower. What if, what, if, uh, what if the baby comes tonight? I said, honey, you're not due for another month. I said, it's going to be fine. Just let me sit down just for a second, and then I'll get up, and I'll take a shower. Well, I fell asleep there, <laughs> uh, you know, and probably about 2, 3 in the morning, uh, we were woke, I was woken up by Andrea, and she says, my water just broke. And when she said that, it woke me up. And I, I think I said this out loud because I don't remember, but well, as soon as she said, my water just broke, I said, I never took a shower. I said, <laughs> and... Uh, Listen, I was like Mr. Magoo. I went outside. I took her. I smashed my finger on the uh, on the car door trying to get her, her, her the suitcase in. We drove over to Bryan, Ohio. That's where the hospital about 25 minutes from us. Uh, we get there. Andrea, boy, she's really into this. I mean, she's really. They're trying to get an epidural, and as they're trying to give it to her, somebody says, "There's no time for this. Uh, we're just going to have to take her to the back." And so, I mean, it was happening quick. I mean, it was just happening quick. And so they go to take her bed, and they go to take her out to the uh, operating room, and there's all these wires that are keeping her bed stuck uh, from leaving the room. And so I went down there, and I started unplugging things. And, I mean, I unplugged about a dozen different wires and stuff. And I looked up. When I got the last one, and I said, I got it. And I looked up. I was the only one in the room. <laughs> everybody, everybody. And so I get up and I start running out and, and I hear a cry in the hallway. And so Andrea had delivered Amadea in the hallway. The nurse delivered her in the hallway. She didn't even make it to the delivery room. Now, I don't know why, but 
you know, we still had to pay the doctor. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, he wasn't even there. You know what I mean? I mean, why do we got to pay him? He wasn't there. I mean, I don't. That's just me, though. That's just me. That's just me. So, uh, so uh, I found out, uh, so Amadea's birthday is December 30th. She got a T-shirt. She was the last baby born in the, of the millennium for um, Williams County. She got a T-shirt that said, they saved the best for last. You know? But that was Y2K. And so I, I, didn't, you know, I didn't want the uh, hospital to, to collapse on her as soon as it turned out. So we left early, and then she got jaundice, so we had to go back. And my, Andrew was upset with me. She was really, I was trying to protect him, but Andrew was upset with me. Uh, so uh, she was born a, a month early. She was born 30 days early. Um, when my wife was 10 years old, her dad was uh, murdered. He was a cab driver, and uh, last call of the night, uh, going into a neighborhood that he shouldn't have gone into, he said, well, I'll take this last call, uh, went, and uh, they robbed him. He had $10 in his wallet. They robbed him. They shot him, and he died on December 30th, and so uh, when Amadeo was born, man, the Lord is helping us. And so just after Christmas, uh, you know, because before then I would be with my wife, and when that time of the year started coming around, it was difficult for her, just the, the, uh, the anniversary of that date. And even when the girls were, you know, young, there's always a difficult time. And so I learned just a few days ago that um, for all these years, you know, Amadeus has been... Uh, She's felt that heaviness of that day. And we didn't realize that. We tried to make it fun for her. We tried to. But I found out that for all these years that she's always been kind of scarred by the memory of what happened on the day that, you know, on that day, on the anniversary of that date. And so when we was getting ready to come here, uh, the Lord says, I, I want you to speak against that. You know. I want you to speak about, and I knew that that's what the Lord wanted me to do because uh, you can put that last picture of her because last night when we was eating, uh, she texted me. She's like, Dad, how you doing? She's like, I'm, I'm excited for you speaking tomorrow. She said, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to listen to it. Uh, I'm going to be listening to it. So uh, uh, we sent her the, the winner's app, and so I said, you'll have to wait um, but then you can listen to it after the service. Here's what I want to say. And, you know, the Lord, uh, he, he, uh, everybody has different ways that he speaks to them. And, and I kept, uh, these words kept coming into my head. And, uh, and the Lord said, that's a word that I'm giving you for Amadea. And so I know she's going to be listening to this. So I'm, I'm using this. I'm kind of using you guys this morning <laughs> uh, to, to give a word to her. But Amadea, this is what the word of the Lord said, that the day you were born was the dawn of a brighter day. So I'm there, you're listening to this right now. I want you to remember that the hand of the Lord is on you on a greater measure than the other girls. That God's chosen you, that God's called you, that you are above and not beneath. 
And so I just declare that over you, Amadeir, right now as you're listening to this. Receive that word right now in the name of Jesus. I, I, I break the plan of the enemy to, to, uh, to, to cause you to carry that heaviness. Uh, I just loose you right now from that heaviness in the name of Jesus, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you for the word that you put in my heart, Lord, for her this morning. So we just release that right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. And so I appreciate you letting me do that this morning. And, uh, man, I've been so blessed this week. Um, you know, one of the things that's blessed you the most is uh, we had this group of young people that were, that were sitting up here. And uh, I love that. A lot of times you'll have services, and especially revival services. Uh, we want to sometimes shoo the young people away from the front, uh, even though... Uh, those seats are empty, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure why we're shooting them away, uh, but, but it blessed me to see the young people that were here, and and I want you to know they're listening, uh, they're watching, they're listening to what's happening, and so uh, you know uh, last night Titus reminded me of that because we were we had got out to eat and Titus was there and Titus was sitting uh, not next to me but uh, next to his mom and I was next to Cherie and and we were talking and and uh, I could hear a little bit of what but I didn't hear a lot of what he was saying but I want you to know that our young people are listening, yes. they're watching, yes. they're seeing what's happening. Because uh, we had started talking, and uh, I was telling them this week all the things that had happened. And, and I started out with, you know, uh, uh, you know, I've been having a little bit of stomach issues, and, but I figured something out. I figured something out. We were here Tuesday, then we went to uh, Walmart. I had to get some uh, shampoo and stuff. And, and I looked, and I thought, well, maybe I'll get something snacky. And I looked, and uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, man, there's a box of Twinkies that looks so good. I never eat Twinkies. I never eat Twinkies. So I told them, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, starting, to, I'm starting to figure something out because I don't eat just one Twinkie. I eat just at least two of them. I said, and, and I looked there, and for some reason, I'm a single guy here at Revival. Mark was with me, but I didn't plan on sharing with him. And I'm buying a family pack of Twinkies? The devil's a liar. The devil, he's a liar, I'm telling you. I did not need that family pack of Twinkies. Sixteen. Sixteen of them in there. So what I figured out is that, you know what? Every time I eat two Twinkies, something happens, and it's not good. And I was like, you know what? I have to throw those away. I don't have to get rid of those. But, uh, you know, we started talking about all the, all the things the Lord has done this week. And we was talking. We were sharing. And, and it was awesome. And uh, as we were leaving, though, I walked out, and Titus was beside me, and... Uh, Titus come up to me, and I think Cherie was a little bit away. Uh, and here's, I want you to know our young people are listening. Because Titus looked me right in the eye. And Cherie was kind of behind him a little bit. So I had, sometimes they're embarrassed to, you know, share in front of their mom. But Titus looked me right in the eye, and he said this. Don't throw those two Twinkies away. <laughs> I didn't even know he heard that. <laughs> but he's listening. I got him. I mean, I only got five of them left, but I got them. They're in the car. So, so our young people are listening. I want you to know that. I want you to know that. I mean, he was serious. Don't throw those Twinkies away. So anyways, uh, I said, Titus, he was listening. 
I didn't even know you was listening. So anyways, uh, uh, man, the Lord's blessed us this week. <laughs> he just blessed us so much. I, I want to share a personal experience just before. And then I am going to, I got a word the Lord gave me for, for today. But, um, you know, uh, I want to share, share something personal and because uh, uh, this is the way the enemy works. Uh, Thursday, I got up and, and I spoke, and uh, me, um, yeah, I felt, you know, I felt like, uh, you know, the Lord was able to uh, speak through me what He wanted to say, and uh, uh, and later on, uh, Brother Trocal was here, and um, I had made a comment, you know, about something the Lord said to us, and uh, He had spoke to me about a year ago. I want to make Sundays and take Sundays, make them all about me, and uh, Brother Trocal came up, and then. Introduce his wife, and, and she came up, and, and she says, you know, we, uh, you know, uh, you know, I looked at me, uh, Sundays are for the Lord, she said, but, but every day is for the Lord, she said, and, uh, and I was okay with that, I, I, didn't, I didn't think anything of it, you know, I mean, okay, I was like, yeah, we know that, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't just saying Sundays for the Lord, but it's okay, you can say that, I know, I'm not offended by that, you know what I mean, so. I mean, I wasn't saying Sundays are just for the Lord, you know, but, but I did say the Lord, you know what I mean? But I'm okay. I'm good, you know, because the Lord had something for me and I didn't, you know, I want to receive it. You know what I mean? So, so I just smiled and, uh, you know, my back of my neck may got a little warm. You know what I mean? It's okay though. I was okay. I'm not going to let the enemy steal what God had for me. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> Sundays. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then she, Every day's for the Lord. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. She pointed. That's exactly it. She. I know the brother said that, but I'm not saying he's wrong. But every Sunday, anyway. So, so I just let it go. You know what I mean? I'm an easygoing guy. I just let it go. I don't need to. And then brother Troco come up, and uh, you know, I, I had you know one of the things I said in, in my message is that you know it's all about the Lord. It's all about Him. You know what I mean? And so Brother Trocco gets up and, and he says, you know, he says, uh, you know, people make these uh, spiritual statements. Uh, well, they sound spiritual right off the bat. They sound spiritual, but, you know, if you dissect them a little, you know what I mean? They're, they're not, you know. He says, like, like, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. You know what I mean? I mean, it sounds spiritual, you know. I was like, amen, amen, you know, and he kind of was talking about that. He said, oh, else they'll make this, this statement right here. It's all about him. It's all about him. <laughs> and now I'm thinking, that's what I said. <laughs> hey, I've been there. <laughs> here's, so, so here's the thing. We, we got to determine in our hearts that, that, that we're going to receive from God for, for what he has from us, you know? So I made up in my heart, listen, even if a sister Troco and brother Troco, even if they don't like me, I'm still going to receive from God. I'm still going to receive from God, you know? I mean, you know, because that's what it seemed like for a second, you know? Because just about everything that I had said, they had said something different than what I had said, but I'm okay. I'm not, you know, people can say that. I don't get offended. It's not like you can't. I mean, you're going to call me out, call me out. It's, you know, whatever it is. Here's the thing, though, about that statement that I made. Even if they don't like me, I'm still going to receive. Listen, that's a lie from the enemy. Because that's what the enemy starts saying to us. 
the enemy starts saying, boy, did you hear what she said? And here, here, here's me, like, yeah, I heard that. My goodness. Uh, and then he gets up and says what he says, and they're like, maybe when she said it, maybe, you know, they were still. But, but after he said that, I mean, they definitely don't like you. They definitely. That's what the enemy says to us because he's trying to keep us from receiving. Listen, Pastor Ziggy might say something, and it might make you mad. Don't let that stop you from receiving what God has for you. Because, because here's the truth. Every time I talked to them, they were very encouraging. They were very sweet. You know, they didn't say anything about not liking me. But to tell you the truth, that, that's what the devil said to me, or maybe my flesh said that to me. But, but that's, what, that's what the enemy says to us. We cannot believe that lie. There's too much at stake for, for us to get our feelings hurt and not receive what God has for us. There's, there's too much at stake. And so, but, but I just wanted to share that because, man, God blessed me this week. Big time. Big time. So um, I'm going to be reading out of the book of Genesis. I'm going to be reading the story of Noah's Ark. And, and we know this story. We've heard this story. In fact, I mean, this story, uh, you know, I, I just think it's been a plan from the enemy to, uh, to kind of uh, distract people from really what's happening in this story. Uh, because this story has become, uh, when we were little, the girls had a mobile in their crib that was uh, animals from Noah's Ark. And we see these blankets with all the animals going into the ark. And it, it's turned into something very different than, than what it actually is. Or else the, the, uh, the rainbow has been, uh, it's almost like it's been kidnapped. And, and uh, we, uh, we had a lady that did a, did a rainbow in, in our children's area. And uh, just did the whole thing, and it was, it was really nice. And so we had, a, we had a, a lady that come up, and she's like, oh, that's interesting, she said. She said, uh, you've, got the, uh, you've got the gay rainbow here in the... <laughs> and I was like, what's that? And she's like, yeah, there's only six colors. The rainbow's seven colors, but you only got six colors. So it's interesting that you, you, know, you got the gay rainbow here. And, uh, and uh, I said, well, you know what? I didn't even know that. I didn't even realize that. So... Uh, so, you know, we try to, as pastors, we try to make people happy. So I was in there doing that extra stripe on there, putting, putting that one more, you know. Uh, but but the, the story has, uh, the Lord began to speak to me about this story when he gave me a word. So, so I'm going to be reading um, Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to start with verse 11. Because there's some things in here that the Lord is uh, wanting to show us this morning. Verse 11 says this. Now, and I read, I'm reading out of the uh, Christian Standard Bible. It says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with wickedness. God saw how corrupt the earth was, for every creature had corrupted its way on the earth. Then God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to every creature, for the earth is filled with wickedness because of them. Therefore, I'm going to destroy them along with the earth. Verse 14 says, make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside, the, inside and outside. This is how you are to make it. The ark will be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. You are to make a roof, finishing the sides of the ark to within 18 inches of the roof. You are to put a door on the side of the ark, make it, make it with lower, middle, and upper decks. Understand that I am bringing a flood 
floodwaters on the earth to destroy every creature under heaven and the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you. And you will enter the ark with your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives. You are also to bring into the ark two of every all-living creature, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of everything, from the birds according to their kinds, from the livestock according to their kinds, and from the animals that crawl on the ground according to their kinds, will come to you so that you can keep them alive. Take with you every kind of food that is eaten, gather it as food for you and for them. And Noah did this, for he did everything that God had commanded him. So we read this, and, and um, the Lord began to speak to me about uh, this portion of Scripture. Scripture. Uh, God was getting ready to help the people on the earth. Um, because when we started reading it, it says this, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with wickedness. God saw how corrupt the earth was, for every creature had corrupted its way on the earth. Uh, uh, in that time, uh, they were living in a time uh, that were, were, where wickedness was just rampant all over the earth. And when we read that, uh, you know, a lot of times, and I'll say this of me, uh, as I was introduced to this, you know, as I was beginning to read the Bible, we look at it and we see it as uh, almost like a, a God's angry judgment uh, against the earth. Here's what we have to realize. God was getting ready to help us because it had grown so wicked in those days. And the Bible says that just wickedness corrupt every living creature. And so God was getting ready to, to help. Uh, it says Noah was the only righteous man on earth. God was getting ready to help the people, uh, and this was his plan. He was going to, the flood was going to come, and it was going to wipe out all, all of that. I want you to see this. It was going to wipe out all of the wickedness that was on the earth. Because when we think about what was destroyed uh, in the flood, what was destroyed in the flood? Because all of the plants and the animals survived. Uh, all of the animals that were in the ark survived. Noah survived with his family. Uh, 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 you look and, and you begin to ask yourself what actually uh, was destroyed in the flood. And what was destroyed in the flood was the wickedness in men's hearts. That's the thing that didn't survive. Now, now after the flood, you know, because we're involved, uh, you know, that starts coming into play again. But, but God was helping the people here on the earth. It was his mercy. Uh, it wasn't an angry judgment by God, but it was his mercy uh, for the earth and for the people on the earth. And so let's keep uh, reading here, uh, starting in chapter 7. It said this, says this, uh, just before we get to there. The Lord said this to Moses, this is how you are to make it. The ark will be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. You are to make a roof, finishing the size of the ark to within 18 inches of the roof. This was a huge structure. God had very specific instructions on how Noah was to build this ark. And, uh, and I believe that God put those instructions in there because he's saying to us, the Lord is saying something to us this morning. The Lord is saying to us, I've got a specific way that I need you to come to me. I've got a specific plan for your life. 
where we get in trouble is when we feel like we can serve God how we want to serve God. When we, when we start to uh, get this idea that I can come to God however, however I feel like I can come to that, I want you to know that's not true. God's got very specific instructions on, uh, on how we're to approach him. Uh, and so he's given us his word. And so they say most historians agree that it took about 75 years uh, for them to build that ark. Uh, uh, he, he, here's, what, here's what we see. We see in that story uh, uh, the, the, law of envi- the principle of environment. The rain couldn't come until Noah had built that ark. It couldn't come because there had to be a structure built that would sustain uh, the outpouring of the rain. And so Noah was building that. And every day he'd look at God's instructions. And when they built it, if it didn't fit to the instructions that God had given him, uh, then they had to go ahead and fix that. Because it had to be exact 18 inches from the top. That, that's not very, we're talking a huge structure. But God knew exactly how it now needed to be in order to be able to float when the rain came. Here's the problem with us. We follow God, we're doing good, we're doing good, and then we think we know better than God. We think, well, we're going to go do it this way. That's not the way it works. God's outlined in his word specific instructions on how we are to serve him. We've got to be dedicated to his word. We have to be. It doesn't work any other way. It doesn't work any other way. So so let's start... uh, uh, chapter 7 it says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you alone are righteous before me in this generation. You are to take with you seven pairs, a male and its female, of all the clean animals, and two of the animals that are not clean, a male and its female, and seven pairs, male and female, of the birds of the sky, in order to keep offspring alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will make it rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And every living creature I have made, I will wipe off the face of the earth. And Noah did everything that the Lord had commanded him. That's got to be us. We have to do the things that the Lord has commanded us. We've got to. We've got to. Verse 6 says, Noah was 600 years old when the flood came and water covered the earth. So Noah, his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives entered the ark because of the floodwaters from the clean animals, unclean animals, birds, and every creature that crawls on the ground. Two of each, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark just as God had commanded him. Seven days later, the floodwaters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the sources of the vast watery depths burst open, the floodgates of the sky were open, and the rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On that same day, Noah and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, entered the ark, along with Noah's wife and his three sons' wives. They entered it with all the wildlife according to all their kinds, all livestock according to their kinds, all creatures that crawl on the earth according to their kinds, every flying creature, all the birds, and every winged creature according to their kinds. Two of every creature that has breath of life in it came to Noah and entered the ark. Those that entered male and female of every creature entered just as God had commanded him. Then the Lord shut him in. All as God had commanded. All as God had commanded. 
Verse 17, the flood continued for 40 days on the earth. The water increased and lifted up the ark so that it rose above the earth. The water surged and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. Then the water surged even higher on the earth, and all the high mountains under the whole sky were covered. The mountains were covered as the water surged above them more than 20 feet. Every creature perished, those that crawl on the earth, birds, livestock, wildlife, and those that swarm on the earth, as well as all mankind. Everything with the breath of life, spirit of life in its nostrils, everything on dry land died. He wiped out every living thing that was on the face of the earth, from mankind to livestock to creatures that crawl to the birds of the sky, and they were wiped off the earth. Only Noah was left and those that were with him in the ark, and the water surged on the earth 150 days. So, so we, we, we've heard that story, you know. Uh, since I was a little boy, I've heard that story. Here's what we know. Here's what we know, that, that the Old Testament is filled of natural pictures of spiritual truths in the New Testament. Uh, that's what we know. Uh, that, that's what the old, the old Testament is filled with natural pictures uh, that we can read about. They're natural pictures, but they have a spiritual significance or meaning in the New Testament. Uh, so, so, so God began to share that with me. Uh, God began to uh, show me this. Uh, God said, listen, what I did here was I, I had mercy on the earth. Uh, he said, I was sending the water. I, I was making a way for, for the, the wickedness that had corrupted men's hearts. I, I, I was going to use that flood to take care of that. And, and so uh, we look at that. What does that mean for us here in, in the New Testament? Uh, the Bible says that in the last days, the Lord says, I'll pour out my spirit. Okay, so the Lord began to say this to me after he gave me that word. He said, uh, listen, I'm getting ready to help a lot of people. He says, because we find ourselves living in a place much like uh, what was happening in the days of Noah, uh, where there was wickedness that was running rampant. We find ourselves uh, uh, kind of in a similar kind of place. God says, I, I, I'm getting ready to, to help uh, my people. He said, I'm getting ready to help my people. Listen, uh, when Noah had built that ark and they were shut in, it began to rain. And the Bible says it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And, and it had to rain like that because uh, it wasn't going to be a little bit uh, of water that caused that uh, boat to start to move. It wasn't just going to be a little bit of water uh, that, 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 that where it would surge and it would uh, rise to the level where the boat would begin to float and then rise even higher where it would reach reach the tops of the trees, then it would reach the mountains, then it says it reached 20 feet above the highest mountain. And that means that the, 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 the rain had to come for days and days and days and days in order for God to accomplish what, what he, had, he had said in his mind. He says, uh, I, I'm going to take care of this. Uh, he was having mercy on us here on earth. God said this to me. God says, um, He said, I'm, I'm getting ready. To, he was speaking to me. He says, I'm getting ready to help you, he said. Because you got some things that you've been struggling with. And you've been asking me, Lord, help me with. I need help with these things. And listen, sometimes there are things we're struggling. And we are sincere when we pray, Lord, help me. I don't want to do that. I want to serve you. I want to love you. But then we find ourselves in these very real struggles. God said to me, I'm getting ready to help you. He says, I'm getting ready to help you. 
Uh, um, um, here's what God spoke to me. And I'm building it up, and I don't mean to. Uh, I was in bed, and, uh, and uh, just before I say that, the things that have been happening here at Winners Church, the things that are being established, uh, God's creating an environment that will sustain an outpouring of the Spirit. He's, he's been creating an environment yes, that will sustain that. I was in bed last time uh, Pastor Ziggy was uh, there, and Gabe, I think Gabe and Cherie, uh, also, they were there. Uh, they had come, and I was in bed, and, and I was, uh, it was towards the morning. And all of a sudden, I, I felt something like in my spirit, and it was like, it like hit me. It's almost like, I don't know if you've ever seen those commercials, like Ford Truck, where there's like a, uh, it's like a, like a slate, and all of a sudden the words just kind of, it's like they land, uh, and it says like four tough, and, uh, and that's what it felt like. It felt like, and I, I remember opening my eyes. I opened my eyes, and, and I, didn't, I couldn't see anything. There wasn't anything happening, but here's what the Lord said in my spirit. The Lord said this, the rain came for days. The Lord said the rain came for days. Yes. What's been happening here is that there's been an environment that, that's being created that will sustain an outpouring of His Spirit. Yes. God said the, He's getting ready to pour out His Spirit yes. like we've never seen it before. And not just for one day or two days or three days, but enough, enough, enough days that he can, He's going to take care of some things that we've been struggling with. He said to me, the rain came for days. We're just, we're right there. We're right there, ready to see an outpouring of the Spirit that we've never seen before. It's coming. It's coming. He's going to help us. He's going to help us. Listen, I need his help. I need his help. I need his help. I want you to receive that word this morning. The rain came for days. The rain came for days. The rain came for days. God's getting ready to help us. Like he's never, we've seen it just on a smaller measure. We've seen it in a little bit. We're getting ready to see something we've never seen before. And he's doing it. He's doing it. And he's going to pour out his spirit. 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 Listen, this morning, there are a lot of us here, we've been sensing that. We've been sensing that in our, in our spirit. So, so, so we just agree and say yes and amen to this. But there are others here. Listen, this morning, if, you're right, if your life isn't right with God, get your life right with God. He loves you. He loves you. There are some that are missing here, but Pastor Ziggy, when you were in, uh, you were at the Dwelling Place Church, and it was during uh, the, the first 12-week revival that we had, and I remember at the end of that, you'd given a word, uh, but, but you said this, listen, there are people that feel like, they, they, it's almost like they're afraid that if I miss the first wave, then I'm going to miss it. He said this, he said, but don't worry, because after the first wave, there's going to be a second wave, then there's going to be a third wave, then there's going to be a fourth wave, then there's going to be a fifth wave. We just got to jump in. We just have to jump in. 
Up until, listen, it doesn't matter what's happened in your life up until now. It's time to jump in. It's time to jump in. It's time to jump in. And Andy said that that first night we were here. Jump in the river. Jump in the river. Listen, God is helping us. God is helping us. And uh, what I love is that, that I get to be a part of it. I could, listen, I, I want to tell you, one of the greatest things that the Lord has done for me since I've been here, you know, we serve the Lord, and sometimes we serve Him real strong. Sometimes we feel distance from Him, and we get this idea, Lord, do you still have use for me? Do you still have use for me? Listen, God's not done with you. I was here that first night. We got here late. Pastor Ben called me up, gave a word over me. He said, and he said like this, I don't mean to offend you, he says, but you, you're kind of like when, when they went, Jesus said, go get, go get the donkey. Uh, uh, and, and, and they said, well, uh, uh, another thing that I could have been offended by. My goodness. Man, that devil, he don't stop. He don't stop. So, but he said, that's kind of like you, he said. They're like, well, what should we tell him? And he said, he said, well, tell him the Lord has need of it. And when he said that, it touched my heart. Touched my heart. Listen, where we're at now, you remember when you were little and you used to play hide and seek and the person that was counting He'd count up to 50 or whatever, and uh, I always wish he'd count up to 100. You know what I mean? Because everybody had a nice place, and I was still looking around. He's at 9, 8, nine, you know, uh, 6, 5, you know, 4. And, uh... But the last thing they'd say is, listen, ready or not, here I come. That's like, that's what the Lord's saying. He's coming. He's coming. He's pouring out his spirit. Listen, ready or not, he's coming. He's coming. This is what he's going to do. We just want to be a part of it. We just want to be a part of it. Amen? Amen. Pastor Ziggy, I'm so, I'm so grateful to be able to come and share this word. Uh, last time he came to Swanton, we kind of had a rough year. And... Uh, but I, I was tough, you know, I was, man, I was just, I was a soldier. I was soldiering, you know, I was uh, continuing to trust God. And, but uh, but when he came, I got real emotional. It's almost like when you're a little kid and, and you get hurt and uh, you're around your friends, but but you're not going to show that you're hurt. And you're kind of... Uh, but as soon as you see your mom or your dad, you go to them and you're still acting tough. But as soon as you walk away, tears start to come. So when he came, I was very emotional. I didn't know why. But we went out, we went out to uh, eat and I was coming back from the restroom. And he looked at me and he said, Reuben, he said, everything's going to be okay. That wasn't him saying that. Oh, yeah. 
right, Spirit of God. Speaking that word over me. But I'm so thankful for our relationship. For the, for the Lord allowing me to come and to release this word to you. You are in the right place. Man, God's creating an atmosphere here that when he pours out his spirit, this church is going to move. This church is going to be able to sustain the outpouring of that spirit. Amen. Praise God. Rain for days. Rain for days. You know, sometimes we don't consider. Uh, Reuben had something happen at his church that was the strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. He called me not this, uh, not, not this last, not, not last month. He called me a year, it was a year ago. No, maybe, maybe a little longer. Yeah, December of uh, 22. He called me. He said, hey, I wanted to run something by you. He said, I, I was, you know, the Lord was dealing with me in, in a dream. And it's like the Lord told me that we were getting together and we were worshiping and we were getting together on Sunday. This is what he had talked about on Thursday. We were getting together on Sundays. And the reason why we got together had gotten skewed. You know, Church, for, the, the, for this entire year, and, and those of you that have been paying attention, you know this. For the last year, for the entire year of 2023, we have been trying to reset and get everyone back in that place where we're doing things out of a right heart and a right motive. Because you know what? If, if you keep at it long enough, you start getting a wrong idea and a wrong motive for why you're doing it. Any, you know what? Some people came here and they're like, I'm, I'm serving Pastor Zig. You got a wrong motive. God don't want you serving me. He wants you serving him. And I might benefit from your service to the Lord in a way that it frees me up to do what God told me to do. But God never, listen, God never called us to serve one another outside of him being in the middle of it. Him being the center. Jesus being Lord. And so we didn't do summer outreaches this year because, because when we started talking about it, this is what people said. They said, oh man, it's going to be so hot. And is everyone going to, is everyone going to do their part this year? Because you know what? Last year we showed up early and then everybody, everybody else just drug in and then nobody, nobody was on time and I didn't have no help. And this year I better have some help. Otherwise I got, because I can't do this myself. And all of a sudden everyone's focus had gotten off of the Lord Jesus and why it was that we were doing it. Amen. And it was, it was one of those things. Well, when Ruben, I, I, I didn't put two and two together when Reuben said that. But he, when he had this dream, he had this dream, and the Lord said, I want you to consecrate Sunday mornings. He said, you all have been gathering to worship. And the reason why you guys worship is to reach a place where then ministry can happen. You, you worship until, until you feel like hands can be laid on. You can have a fire tunnel. You can get a prophecy. You can receive a healing. So worship wasn't for the purpose of lifting up the name of Jesus and, 
and blessing the Lord and ministry to the Lord, it was so we could reach a place where we got ministered to, where, where, we, where we got the itch scratched in us that we felt like needed scratched. That's, that's what the Lord was showing Reuben. And he said, I want you to get up and I want you to tell the people, I want you to, I want you to worship me for me, not for, you, not for what I do for you. Seek my face, not my hand. Seek my face and what, what, who I am and not what I can do for you. Some people, some people wanted, some people want to do their gift just because, listen, you are human beings, not human doings. If your identity is wrapped up in what you do, you're in trouble. You have to understand who you be and who he be in you because that's where it's at. And so Rim got up and he said, this is what we've been doing. We've been, we've been worshiping the Lord for our own selfish purposes with the wrong motive. And so he got up and he told everyone what the Lord told me. He said, so from now on, on Sunday mornings, we're not going to, we're not going to get up and worship so that we can get in a prophetic flow. We're not going to get up and worship so that we can have a fire tunnel. We're not going to get up and worship so that we can experience ministry or something. We're going to get up and worship God because he's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. Do you know, do you know, what, do you know what he didn't count on? He didn't count on his worship leader getting his drawers in a bunch over it. Because his worship leader was a prophetic worship leader. Let me tell you something. There's no such thing as prophetic worship in the Bible. You might as well haul that out with the trash. It doesn't exist. Can it? Can an atmosphere of the prophetic be entertained uh, in our worship? Yeah, but that's never the motive. The motive worship. The motive of worship is always His worth. That's what worship. Someone says worship. We're in worship. No, you're not in worship, you idiot. It's worthship. It's about His worth. His worthiness. Come on, we getting that prophet. No, you're, listen, wrong motive. Wrong motive. Which is why we, we see us not really entering into the flow of the anointing like God intends for us to. Now again, don't, don't. Some of, some of us, we need this corrected in us. That wood for, for your ark needs to come up a few more inches. Some of the things that somebody built into your ark, some of them boards need to be ripped off. See, some, some of us have this idea that we are the ones that have it together and everybody else needs to catch up. I've got news for you. You're always going to be trying to catch up to me. I've been at this. I've been at this too. Just, just the fact that, like my dad, you know, my dad, he's, he's here today. Of course, I have to mention it every time he's here. Because, but I'm never going to know everything he knows. Because every day he gets one more up on me. He's been alive longer than I've been. You know, people that have been doing the work of God and been alive and done ministry for a long period of time. I know some of us like to think that we have these little, and God, God uses different people different ways. Don't get me wrong. We need one another. 
but listen to what I just said. We need one another. We need one another. And when you start getting this idea in your head, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to end up in the ditch. And many of the things that God has for you are going to pass you by. Amen. This guy, he's a wonderful guy. Loved, I loved the guy. I told Reuben early, way before this happened, I said, I don't think that he really fits with what's going on in your church. But I mean, I love him. And Reuben being the, pa the, the pastor, the pastor that he is, continued to pour in and continued to speak into his life. And, but then when, when Reuben said that, do you know what he saw? He saw his ministry being threatened because he does prophetic worship. And, and then they, 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 they doubled down and took it to the next level. What Reuben was, what Reuben was teaching that morning was unscriptural. It was unbiblical. That he was putting restraints on, the, on what the Lord really wanted to do. And he couldn't prove to, You mean you can't prove in Scripture that when we get together to worship, we ought to come together to worship for him and not for us? You mean there's nothing in the Bible that... Do you know, listen, you, this got crazy. Over, over that, over that, that the Lord told. Now, here's the thing. Some of you are like, well, I didn't hear that. God didn't put you as the head of the church. I'm the pastor for a reason. I'm the pastor for a reason. Because this is where the Lord set me. You're a member for a reason. That's where the Lord set you. I mean, it's. It, it's it's a no it's a no brainer now now some some people are like yeah, well I don't like that get over it it's it's the order of heaven we're we're go, we're going to go the way Lord tells us to go and that was what was that was what the trouble was there it's like dude you know the, the Lord spoke this to me I'm He's called me to lead this church in the direction that He wants it to go over that one thing by Monday. This fella had resigned and left the church. Not only him, but he, but other people got caught up in the nonsense and in the, over that, over the statement that, over that, that's that, that Reuben said, this is what we're going to do. And this is what we're going to endeavor to do from now on. And we're just going to see how this plays out and how the Lord leads us. Okay. And this fellow chose to leave. Other people came, decided they were going to come to his defense because they liked him and how dare you. And then, and then you know, bring into question Reuben's character and his, his motive. Listen, Reuben was, Reuben was pastor in that church before that guy came, played the guitar and, and led worship. And I'll be honest with you, he wasn't that great. But I think he was supposed to be there. See, sometimes when people come, they have this idea, the Lord sent me here to help you. God almost ne never sends us to a church to help the church. He always sends us there because there's something there that we need. And God's trying to make some adjustments in us. And if we'll let him make those adjustments. And that's what the Lord, for all this year, Reuben, and it started with that, that dream you had. 
Because I got up that morning and I told everybody about that. I don't think anyone in this church dreamed that God was going to do the same thing with us. That the Lord was going to begin to push buttons and pull levers in us and expose and reveal things in us that have kept us from fulfilling the very dream and vision that God placed in our hearts and in our life. But you know, but you know what the word is after we get that straight? Rain for days. Rain for days. You know, I don't know about anybody else here, but I'm not, I've, I've, I'm, I've seen the Lord do lots of stuff, more than most people have ever seen. I mean, when you've, sat, when you've sat in a meeting and the wind of the Spirit blows into the building and people begin to get gold and silver fillings in their teeth, people begin to fall out of their chairs under the power of God and you just standing there like a calf looking at a new gate and people are coming up out of wheelchairs and people are, that are blind, blind eyes are popping open and deaf ears are popping. You know, uh, we, 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 I talk about these things, but, but had you been there to witness them? I mean, you know, Ted, Ted was there. We watched, we watched, we watched severely crossed eyes straight out, heard the popping of those eyes with our ears as the Spirit of the Lord popped those eyes back into place. We've seen people that were bound with drugs instantly delivered from their addiction. People with twisted and broken bodies, we've watched them pop. We've heard the crackling of their bones while the Lord set everything back into place with our mouths agape in awe at what the Lord Listen, I've, I've seen the move of the Spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen anything in the last 10 years that even comes close to resembling The things that the Lord revealed to us he was going to do in these last days. Some of us, what we've seen and what we've participated in is just is mostly hype. And, and, and mostly people acting out over a hunger to see God do something. And instead of waiting on the Lord and allowing the Lord to build, you know, the Bible says this, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. And it, and it takes a willingness on our part to take our place. And sometimes that means sitting under someone and, and them making a statement, maybe not even really, it means, I love that. <laughs> I know the brother said, you know, give your Sunday, but we ought to give every day to God. Well, I know some people say it's about Jesus, but it ain't just, it ain't all, it ain't just all about the Lord. No offense, brother. <laughs> you know what? Reuben didn't, Reuben didn't fold up his stuff. And, well, you know, Pastor Zig, my tummy's been a little bit achy. And, and uh, uh, you know, I've, I just haven't felt real good. You know, too many Twinkies. You know, Mark didn't come in and say, hey, Pastor Reuben would have liked to have been here, but, you know, he's not really doing real good, and, and I think we're going to go ahead and head back. I'm going to tell you something. If the preacher can run you off, the devil's going to have no problem with you. If the, preach, if the preacher can run you out of here, the devil doesn't even, you, the devil don't even have an adversary. He's going to mop the floor with you every day of the week, 24 hours a day. That's right. 
God's trying to grow us up. Amen. And so I want to encourage you that as we go into this year, this year, we're going back, we're going back into this neighborhood. This year, we're going back into the heat. You know, you know what we're going to do when we go into that neighborhood and it's 103 degrees out? We're going to be like, thank you, Lord, we're not going to hell. And thank you, Lord, that we're going to get some of these people and get them from going to hell. Amen. And Lord, if nobody else goes out there and has a heart to do this, Jesus, I'm going to do this for your glory and for your honor. Lord, it is, it is about you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. 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 We understand that. We understand what that means. We got to work together with it. But our motive is not us. Not how we appear. Not, not fulfilling. You know what? If I was up here fulfilling my desire, I sure wouldn't be pastoring this church. See, that's what a lot of people don't understand. They look at us and they think, well, you know, he, he, he's just doing fine. I'm doing something I didn't want to do. When they prophesied over us and told us we would pastor, when we left, the first, our first knee-jerk reaction was, there's no freaking way I'm doing that. And he was like, I wondered what you thought. I, I, was, I figured, man, thank God we're not going to pastor. That's in 2000, what, 2000 and, no, that was 1999. In 1990, the, some of you got this idea the Lord told you something yesterday it's going to happen next week Lord, the Lord told us we would pastor in 1999 do you know when we started pastoring? 2012 2012 Amen. Lord told Annie she go quit working <laughs> you know she, she, she's, she's already reached retirement the Lord told her this several years ago we're still hearing it. We heard it through prophecy, through Brother Trocle, through different, through uh, Pastor Ben, Sister Tammy. You know what? We still keep looking. You know what we're waiting for? We're waiting for a now word. We know that's what he's saying. We're just waiting for the Lord to say, now. This is it. Go ahead. He's just letting us know what's coming. But, but any, any, any time now, he'll come along. You know what? That might could be three years from now. That might could be three minutes we're going to do it his way. We're going to do it his way. We're going to work together with him. Amen. Amen. You're never going to fulfill your purpose and do the ministry God called you to do if you don't follow God to the places where you don't want to go. And you think some of us would have learned that by now. But you know what? We have to be reminded of it regular. This year was, this, this last year, 2023, it was a reset year. It was, a, what, what, was it, what, what was it that the Lord told us? Completion. Well, he completed some things. What's, what's the word this year? Agree with God's plan for your life. We're going to agree with God's plan. And you know what that's going to result in? Rain for days. Rain for days. Glory to God. Glory to God. Some of you need your ark rebuilt. An environment to sustain. Listen, it hadn't come because you don't have an environment that'll sustain it. I mean, if that environment is right, boom. There's nothing that'll stop it. 
I know. I've seen it in my own life. Amen. Praise God. Stand up all over the place, will you? How many of you appreciate Pastor Reuben and him coming and being with us? There's about seven of us. Amen. No, listen, we're all thankful. We're all thankful. We're all thankful. I told, I told Pastor Reuben in the beginning of the revival meetings, we, uh, uh, there were, it was very loosey-goosey. We were really just trying to follow the leading of the Spirit. It was that way from the time we, uh, right, right just shortly after we scheduled and we started, we started putting it all together and we started making plans. The Lord immediately began to uh, change our plans and deal with us in a different way. And so even Pastor Ben looked at me and said, hey, man, I don't have to preach. You can preach. And I'm like, dude, you're going you're gonna to preach. It's just, let's, let's be willing. And he said, all right, I might need to tag you in. I was like, okay. Amen. Some of you got tagged in while you was here. We told you to expect not to do nothing. You ended up doing everything. But you got tagged in. We got to be ready. We got to be ready. I only knew two. Th I knew I only knew two things had to happen. I knew Reuben had to preach to us. I knew the word of the Lord was going to come through Brother Reuben. I knew I knew we had to have Brother Trochel minister to us for sure, for sure. But you know, do you know that last night he came to y'all see him seen him come up here. You know what he came to me saying? Hey, t just take it. You're in there, man. I, I'm I don't. I want to hear you tonight. You go ahead and pray, you pray. I'm like, no. See, we we. I know we have our rathers. But we have to be willing to do the will of God. I had to look at him and say, I'm just receiving the offering, man. You've got to do your deal. You've got to get up here and do it. But you know, sometimes when we're, a lot of, a lot of times we're so gung-ho, well, man, I'm ready to do what God wants. You don't understand. When you really get in the presence of God and you really begin to pursue the Lord to do what God wants you to do, most of the time when you're in his presence, you know what you're going to be thinking? Lord, I don't want to touch it unless I'm really supposed to. And even when you're really supposed to, you, you're wondering every moment, when do, I buy, when, do I, when do I take my hands off? Because I think someone else could do this better than I could. But you get in there because the Lord puts you in there. And you do it. And you always feel a little off balance. You never feel really quite sure. That's this whole revival. Boy, what a great place to be. Because in any moment, God could do. You know, you know what? I'm going to say one last thing, and then we're going to pray. How many of you hear that uh, the Lord has dealt with you? Because there are lots of people God's dealt with in our church about business, starting businesses, entrepreneurship. How about that word Pastor Trokel gave about, come on now, he released it. He had no idea. But there was an anointing that was uh, imparted to people as God's getting ready to crank things up in the area of business. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Glory to God.
What's happening, Lindsay? So, pregnancies. Oh, I, I thought you said you. you okay, I. Amen. <laughs> like, yeah, let's quit. Let's quit speaking to the baby. Let's do it all. Let's <laughs> praise the Lord. So as you go out of here today, the, the days of being challenged are not over. In fact, we'll be challenged till the day either we die or he, we hear that trumpet blow. But the Lord's going to continue to spur us forward. And you have a cloud of witnesses that are cheering you on. Amen. Those that have gone ahead are saying, go, man, go. Every accomplishment, they're in, they're in agreement with Jesus. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the man of God. We thank you, Lord, uh, for his willingness to share, to reveal not only your heart, but his own heart. And Father, we're thankful that you have brought such wonderful men and women of God to speak into our lives, people that love us, care for us, that want to see us fulfill the purpose and the plan of the Father. And so, Lord, today I pray that each one who has heard and received this word will run their race and that on their lips will be this will be this statement, rain for days. Lord, you are preparing me in order that it might rain for days and that I might float and endure and thrive and do, Lord, everything you want me to do because you prepared me, Lord, for the rain. The rain cometh and no man can stop it. In fact, Lord, your words, your word says, your word says that the last days will be similar to the days of Noah. People will be about their own business, doing their own thing, living their lives their own way. But then there'll be those that have chosen to walk the path of the Spirit. Prepared, Lord, for that which you are pouring out. And so, Lord, may that be us. Lord, I'm, I'm praying that you'll keep me, that you'll keep me before you. And every one of us, uh, so that we can do, Lord, what you have called us and commanded us to do in this last hour. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Once again, Lord, we lift up those that are struggling physically. Lord, we thank you for the healing that is being manifested in their bodies. Lord, I thank you that you're encouraging their faith, that you're strengthening them, strengthening them with the power and the strength of your mind in their inner man. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that uh, it's getting gooder and gooder and better and better for them in Jesus' name. So Lord, as we go, may we go in your presence. May we come back on Wednesday with expectation, believing that Lord, you're going to meet us here and continue to work, uh, work things out in us and for us in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name and everybody that believed it said amen. 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 Listen, again. I had contemplated maybe giving you on Wednesday, letting you tackle that pile of laundry. But you know what? I think we're going to be all right. Amen. So uh, we will be back here on Wednesday night. I will be ministering Wednesday night. I will continue, probably wrap up what we've been talking about with Armor Bearer. And uh, there's some, listen, there's some real strong things that I want to say about 
that armor bearer book and about serving in the church. Some of you, you know, you desire to serve on a higher level. Uh, you, you desire to step into a greater grace in ministry and anointing. If, you, if that's you, if that's what you desire, come. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk very uh, plainly and openly and strongly about it. And I'm going to set some things straight that, you know, we've read in that book that I don't necessarily totally 100%. Because, you know, uh, we, can, we can get behind a lot of things a lot of people say. But there's some things that if I could say it a little bit differently, I would. And I'm going to try to make that clear. The things that I would say differently in order for there to be a better understanding of some of the things maybe that you've read uh, in that in that book. I do. I believe that that, that fella, uh, when he wrote that book, it's a blessing to the body of Christ. There are just some things that I want you to make sure that you understand because I don't want you believing what some people have believed, and that is that um, somehow or another uh, you're obligated when the preacher wags his finger and tells you to do something, that somehow or another uh, God has called you to serve that man. You know, God's called you to serve him, and sometimes in serving him, you will do things to help uh, uh, the pastor, you know, the, the evangelist, the teacher, the apostle, uh, the prophet. But we need to, we need to make sure that we understand uh, those things and how the, how the scripture lays them out. So go in his presence today before you leave here. Love someone because you do. I sure appreciate y'all. I love you. I thank God for you. And I will see you back here on Wednesday because Wednesday is.